Think about that day. I need to let you know this morning, if you're sitting here and you don't know who Jesus is, a lot of what I'm going to say this morning may not make sense, but I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost to put it inside of our hearts. I know that if you don't know who Jesus is, what we just sang did not stir your soul nary a bit. But I do know this, when you get to know who Jesus is, you get stirred in your soul. I get excited for him. And we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about knowing who Jesus is. I need to open my little Bible up here just in case I need to go somewhere. Be ready. I want to talk to you this morning about something that a lot of people do. And I know I've hit on some things in the past. I don't take back those things. We need to be serving the Lord Jesus. Sanctification is about learning. Sanctification is about him seeing a spot in me that I don't see and me doing something about it. That's sanctification. That means absolutely nothing, though, if you don't have salvation. You see, I've talked to some people in, this, in, in my time, and they don't feel that they're good enough to be saved. How do y'all feel about that? Give me some answers back. Yes, talk with me. Yes. That's right. That's who he wants. He chose. That's right. He chose us. You're sitting here today and you belong to Christ. You've asked him into your heart last week, last month, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. Hey, remember, he chose you. You are a work in progress. He is still working on you. And if you're here today and you don't know who he is, he loves you and he wants you. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. Doesn't matter. Any of that, none of that matters. Because he wants you. We talk about things like failure. I'll be the first to raise my hand since I've been serving Jesus. Since I've been a pastor, I have failed the Lord. Every one of us has. But I'm here to tell you this morning that failure is not the end. You got to hang on to the Lord, you got to let Him do His work. We're going to talk about a man who went through a transformation. He went through a change. He was a failure. His name is Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name's in the book, Old and New Testament. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus is all through the Bible. The very first scripture, if you read it in Hebrew, it says, Bereshit Elohim. Bereshit means the beginning. Elohim 
is God. Anytime you hear the Im or the I am, whenever you're talking, Elohe would be singular for God. Elohim is plural. What does plural mean? More than one. Now, we're not serving three gods this morning. We're serving one God who has three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Better sheet Elohim. In the beginning, God created. Jesus was there in the beginning. Jesus is in the Old Testament. We only don't separate that. Jesus was there. Jesus is in the New Testament. And can I tell you this morning, I just gave Jesus glory, and he's in this place right now. Anybody else feel the same way? Because where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be. He's here this morning. It wasn't about the music that we did. It wasn't about any kind of show. It ain't going to be about the preaching that I do. What it is about is about Jesus. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost to come inside of us and He works on us. Failure, friends, is not the end. Look at your neighbor and say that. We're going to do some stumbling as we grow because this old flesh likes to hang on to stuff. God says I'll persevere. He teaches us about love that perseverance is there. He is love. And He will persevere. He has patience. And therefore we're to have patience. If Jesus is in me, patience needs to be in me too, right? And that's the kind of love that He has. So when we walk through this life together as believers, when one stumbles, we reach down and pick our buddy up and help him. We're not going to let the devil beat up on him. Our job is to help them and to help them as best we can. Mainly, actually, the only way that we can help them is allow the Holy Ghost to work through us. We first got to put the Word in us and then we got to let Him work through us. He knows what everybody needs. Failure is not the end. But here you have this fellow by the name of Jacob. Can I tell you a little bit about him? He was a con artist. He was a liar. He was a cheat. That's who he was. He had a lot going against him. He had a daddy, Isaac, who wasn't all that great either. I mean, this fellow loved one son over the other. They were twins, Esau and Jacob. And he loved one, he chose the other. You know why he chose him? Because his flesh got fed. Y'all remember that story? I'm not going to go too deep in it. I'm just trying to lay this foundation down here. Esau was a hunter. He was a hairy guy. I don't want to be like him. But he was a hunter. I'm a hunter. Oh, no. But his daddy liked when he would fix venison for him. He liked the way he cooked it, liked the way he prepared it. He'd always go out and get his daddy this stuff. And his daddy loved him more than he did his other son. Now I'm talking about the family that he's coming from. He had a mama, Rebecca. Rebecca, she was a schemer. You remember, she helped Jacob to fool her, his daddy so that he would get the blessing of the birthright. She was a schemer, so he come from a daddy who chose sons. He had a brother who didn't have anything to do with God. He didn't like the things of God. As a matter of fact, one place in the Bible it says that God hated him, Esau. 
That's pretty powerful language, isn't it? So he had a brother that didn't care for God. He had a dad that was self-centered. He was serving himself. So was Esau. He was self-centered, serving himself. He had a mama who was a schemer, helped him to lie. Mamas don't help your babies to lie. We've heard, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Well, let's put, mamas don't help your babies to lie. You ain't doing them any favors. That's who this boy was. He, he, he was a con man. And yet, something happened in his life. He came from a messed up family, didn't he? Anybody else in here come from a messed up family? I did. I had Christian grandparents. I had parents that weren't. I had friends that were. I had other people that weren't. I didn't want to have anything to do with this God that everybody's talking about. I'd seen how the Christians had acted. And they were, could be quite mean. I didn't want to have anything to do with them. I came from a messed up family. Oh, but thank God there came a day that he called me. He held out his hand and he said, you need to know who I am, buddy. You've run long enough. And he took me in. As a result of that, mom and dad got saved before they passed away. You know what? What a day that will be. Oh, I'm going to be in heaven with my mom and dad. We lived our whole lives that I knew them up until the last few years that we didn't know anything about church. We didn't pray together. We didn't read the Bible together. We didn't do any of this stuff together. But I do know and I'm looking forward to the day that I'm going to get there and I believe I'm going to see my mom and my daddy standing beside Jesus when I walk up to him. They're going to be there with him. And I look forward to that day. We came from a messed up family, but you know God, he, he, does, he, 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 he takes the messed up and makes it something. Amen? We all can attest to that. He makes it something. But Jacob, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God loved him. I'm going to prove it to you. Romans 9 and 13, it says, As, uh, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. That's God talking. I loved him. And he was a schemer and a cheat. I don't care what kind of failures is going on in our lives. If you don't know who Jesus is, don't worry about it. He'll take care of business. He loves you and he wants you. He wants you. He wants to spend the rest of your life on this earth with you and then spend eternity with you. He loves you. That's why he went to the cross. You see, God didn't have to change him in order to love him. Now, did he? Don't we sometimes think we've got to change people in order to love them? God didn't change me in order to love me. He didn't love, change Jacob in order to love him. He loved him just so that he could change him. Anybody can testify you ain't the guy you used to be or ladies. Since you come to know who Jesus is. Yeah, you're raising your hand. You know why? Because the devil says don't do that. That's a testimony. I love Jesus. I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to raise my hand for him. Well, we don't raise our hand in church. Well, why not? We raise it for Jesus anywhere we are. I want to let people know, yeah, I ain't who I used to be. My story is not mine anymore. It now belongs to him. It's what he can do. That's who Jesus is. And I don't care where you come from or what your background is. There's one thing that you have going for you, and it's God. 
and he loves you. And I want you to know that this morning. Can we give him some praise? He loves you. You fell down this week, he loves you. He loves you, and he wants to grow you and grow with you. The Bible says, God is for us, who can be against us? Now, brothers and sisters, we can't be against nobody because God's for them too. All the stuff going on in this world, all that we see and hear about, know about, everything, you know, those individuals, God loves them and he wants them. Do you know that the power of the blood of Jesus can save them and cleanse them from all unrighteousness? We can't be against people, can we? Oh, we can be against sin. We can teach against sin. We can preach against sin. And we're going to. I'm going to do that. If it lands close, let the Lord do the work. We love you. Don't want you walking in a bad place. I don't want to be walking in a bad place. He is still working on all of us. Amen? He's doing that. But there was something about Jacob. He had a spiritual hunger. He was hungry for God. That's who he was. That was something that was going on inside of him. He had a hunger for God. Let me ask you, do you have a hunger for God this morning? Or are you just satisfied right where you are? Now, folks, we've been fasting and praying for revival. And I can tell you right now, revival don't come if we're satisfied where we are. I don't care, Brother Murphy, you've been pastoring for like since Jesus was around almost. You see, that's what good Christian people can do. We can joke with one another. But he's working on you. He ain't done. He ain't done. He ain't done with none of us, and he wants us to grow. So we don't have the right, or we shouldn't want to be in the place that we're satisfied. Saved and satisfied. You've heard that term before, ain't you? Oh, we don't need to be saved and satisfied. We need to be hungry for more of the Lord. We need to be hungry to know who He is and to walk closer to Him. And the more we get like Him, the more His light can shine through us. You see, when we witness to people, well, that's the anointing, it's Christ. It's Him coming out. It's Him that talks. It's Him. It's the Spirit of God that convicts a man's heart. And he uses us. He works through us as a church, as individuals. He works through us. And I don't care what your past is. Failure is not the end. It's not the final say. Amen? So let's keep that in mind. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10. I'm going to read this story right here. Anybody know what it's about before I read it? Now Jacob went out of Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the east, to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
Don't be putting down any Jewish people, folks. I'll leave that right there. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Listen to that. I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. There's not a nasty place on this earth that God ain't going to keep you. You've got to travel through it, then you travel through it. He's right there with you, and he will keep you. Amen? We don't just come in here and hang out. We are in this world. Am I right on that? How many of you went out to eat last night? How many of you went out to eat in the last week? In the last year? I'm trying to get all the hands up here. Burger King counts. Y'all know what to get him for Christmas, a gift card for Burger King. <laughs> I will be with you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put, his, uh, put at his head, set it as a pillar, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give to me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is not a tithing message, by the way, but that there plugs it. He left his home in bad circumstances. He cheated his brother out of his birthright. His brother was ready to kill him. He's in a desert place. He's in the desert. He's alone. He's away from God. He's away from his family. He's away from his friends. He had a rock for a pillow. Mm. He's hurt others. He's hurt himself. And he's a miserable person. You know any miserable people? Boy, it's a shame when some of them say, I'm a Christian and love Jesus, and they're so miserable. Makes you wonder, don't it? But you want to know something? They're on a journey, too, just like everybody else. I've been miserable before, and I love Jesus since I've served him. And the only misery that come in was just because I didn't want to submit to him. But he lays down, and he falls to sleep, and he has a dream. He sees these angels going up and down on this ladder between heaven and earth. Do you know what that's a picture of? Anybody? It's a picture of Jesus. 
Did you know that? That ladder is a picture of Jesus. You say, now preacher, you're stretching things way out there. You said Jesus is everywhere in the Bible and he's a ladder. That's what this dream was about. You want to know how? In John 1, 4 and 7. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit or guile. Now let me tell you something. If you ask Jesus if he likes your shoes, he is going to tell you the truth. He's not going to save your feelings. Nathaniel, he said there is no deceit in him. There is no guile in him. He ain't playing some kind of game. And Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Let me tell you something, friend. No matter where you've been, Jesus has been seeing you. He's been there everywhere you've been holding out his hand and saying, walk with me. I know the way out of this. Walk with me. I know where the uphills are. I know where the downhills are. Walk with me. I know where the traps are. Before anybody said anything to you about me, I was there. I saw you. I was with you. Think about that. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. Jesus Christ is right there with you. And can I tell you this morning, he knows the way through it. He knows how to get through it. And Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Now check this out. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God and descending and descending upon the Son of Man. These angels that... Jacob dreamed about was on the ladder and he just said you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the son of man think about that that's where Jesus was he was the ladder he is the ladder people say that it's hard to be a Christian where did we ever get that at it's not hard to be a Christian Jesus said, take my yoke up on you. That's what he said. Take my yoke up on you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. So, I'm a Christian, and I walk around telling people that being a Christian is hard. What did the Bible just say? It says I'm a transgressor because the way of the transgressor is hard. Being a Christian following Jesus is easy. The only hard part comes in when the flesh don't want to submit. That's what makes it hard. That's what makes it hard to be a Christian. It is not hard to be a Christian at all. Amen? I hope you can see that this morning. If someone is sitting here and they've walked away from the Lord and they don't know Him, I hope you can see that this morning. It's easy to be a Christian. It's very, very easy. See, this ladder goes all the way up to heaven. Do you remember a time back in Genesis that some men tried to build a tower to heaven? God confounded their tongue, their language. Man has been building 
tall buildings and towers a long time. The World Trade Center is a good example. It fell. People lost their lives. When you try to build that tower, uh, find another way to God on your own. When man builds it, I promise you this, it will fall. It will fail. And the higher you go up on those rungs, the more pride you get, the more you think I'm getting it done myself. Let me tell you something, it's a long fall, and the fall will happen. It will come. It's a hard fall. See, Jesus said the angels go up and down in me. Hebrews chapter 3 tells us that the angels are spirits that minister to us. You and me, angels minister to us. But do you know how they come? Through Jesus. See, when we pray and we need action, we need something going on, he sends these angels. They minister to us. They are the ministering spirits. Think about that for a minute. I'm not making this up. I'm not talking to do angel worship. No, we worship Christ and Christ alone. The angels are his kind of workmen. They, they are, they're the helpers. They help to do this. They, they help to save us. The Bible says that we entertain angels unawares. I believe an angel came when my mama passed away to let me know everything was okay. Went back over to the funeral home early that morning before the funeral, and some dude come in. He was a Latino fellow. I forgot his name, Hector, wasn't it? And this guy's standing looking at my mother, and he's just saying, oh, she's so precious. He's so pretty. Got this big smile on his face, and I'm thinking, who's this guy? Is my dad going to come and beat this fellow up in a minute or something? But I didn't sense that. He was just, oh, she's so precious. How do you know my mom? I don't. She's so precious, brother. She's so precious. And I'm like, well, thanks for stopping by. I needed to hear that. He said, God bless you, and he walked out of the funeral home, and I went to go see who he was, and he was nowhere to be found. You call it what you want to call it, and I'm not trying to lay stories out here, but I just believe that because, you know, Latino people don't live in Richland, Virginia. They might now, but they didn't back then. I believe God sent somebody there to say, you know what, you might have been a little bit worried, but your mama is okay. She is with me. She ain't hurting no more, and she's waiting on you. This guy was talking about how precious my mother was and said he didn't know her. She didn't go to school with him. She didn't go to the restaurant where he worked or whatever. She didn't do any of this. And so I believe that he does send them, and they come through Jesus. And you know how we get to God? Through Jesus. He is that ladder. Jesus is not only our way to God, but it's God's way to us. It's God's way to you. And every blessing that we receive today comes down on that ladder. It comes through Jesus. You woke up this morning. You was able to get up and walk. You was able to get to church. The blessing came from the Lord. Maybe you got a good job and somebody's going to pay you a million bucks. You know what? The blessing came from the Lord. We're going to, a lot of us are going to go out and eat after church. You've got to have money to pay for it. You're going to have somebody that's going to wait on you. But that food is a blessing that came from the Lord. And we must always, always, always give Him the glory and know that it came from Him. He is the ladder. He's the ladder that Jacob saw. In Genesis 28 and 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. 
I think that is one of the saddest things for God to be somewhere and for you not to know it. That is so sad. The astronomer, he studies the stars. He knows about them. But he has no clue about who hung them there. The people who study physics and they all know all about atoms and all this stuff that we've just known in the last 25 years and, and it's good stuff, but they don't even know the one who created it. They won't even give him glory for it. In him all things consist. And tell what the Bible says. And they don't know him. They don't have a clue who he is. What about the philosopher that studies truth, but they don't know Jesus who is truth? Guys that we read books about, our kids have to study them in the, in the schools, Plato and those guys from way back yonder. People who, who, who looked at the gods, that the, the, the myth. They don't know who God is. Jesus is truth. He was there, better sheep, Elohim. He was there in the beginning. And it all consists through him and for him and by him. It's for his pleasure. And that's who he is. But these people don't know who he is. And you know what's even you know what's even worse? It'd be a sad thing for you to leave here today and not meet him. Because he is here. I'm gonna prove it to you. Anybody see God? Can you see? You're breathing air, ain't you? That's God. You're sitting in a building, ain't you? Ain't getting rained on. I don't know if the wind's picked up and it's got cold yet, but he made that too. By the way, he's gave us a whole bunch of rain this year, and we bless him for it. Amen. We bless him for all the rain. It's been, a, been rough to deal with, but you know what? We're having to deal with it. That's what we need to do. He knows what is ahead for us. He says we need it. We give him thanks for it. Now, that's a struggle that I've had, but it doesn't mean that I'm in, that it's the end, that I fail to give God glory when I want to go out and do work and mud's up to my knees. Am I right on that? I mean, I'm the preacher. I get that. But you know what? You put your britches on just like I do. We all deal with junk, don't we? And, 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 and he said that it's supposed to be here. He's everywhere. He is here. He's here in this place this morning. In Romans chapter eight, uh, chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wow. How can I say that this morning? Because that's what the Bible says. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That's why we ask you if you want to know who Jesus is to come forward. Shame days are over. Now we're, we're coming forward because we need to know Jesus. It's not about what the guy next to us thinks. 
If we've been playing a game all these years, uh, at some point you don't get Jesus into your heart till he gets revealed. If you've been playing a game all these years, don't worry about your wife or your husband sitting next to you or all the people you've known all this time because you've been coming to church up 10 years. If Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, you get up out of your seat and you go meet him. You ask him into your heart, you let him come. You make the profession. If you can't get up out of your seat to come meet him, you won't talk about him. And right here it says that we're going to have that, right? We're going to confess with our mouths. We're going to confess who he is. And we won't be ashamed of him. Amen. We won't be ashamed of Jesus. We won't be ashamed of Jesus. He wants us to clap our hands. We clap our hands. He wants us to shout. We shout. He wants us to run the aisles. We run the aisles. He wants us to sit and listen to the still small voice. We sit and listen to the still small voice. He's Lord. We're not. And we let him have his way. And we're going to let people know that we love Jesus. It's not about patting ourselves on the back. But it's about the testimony that we hold. Jesus, Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. How about you? For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the Lord is over all his rich, the, Lord, the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. I don't care what your stature is in life, whether you, you know, you got two pennies in your pocket or if you got $4 million in the bank. I don't care what it is. Jesus don't love one better than the other. It means nothing to him. He is not a respecter of persons, Jew or Greek, black or white, Hispanic or Scandinavian or whatever. We got a German lady here. We got a black couple back here. We got white people. And friends, when Jesus is in our heart, we do this. You understand? That's what happens. That's what happens when Jesus comes into our heart. And I realize some of what I just said is hard for Bedford County to get. But that's what happens when Jesus comes in. I don't want to hear that preaching. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hear it because that's what the Bible teaches. That's what it teaches. That's what he tells us. He's not a respecter of person. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Man. How close is God to you today? Look around you. Where do you look over at Linda? You see her? Well, God's closer to you right now than she is. Look around you. He's closer to you than what your neighbors are. That's how close God is today. He's in our mouth and he's in our heart. You say, well, how in the world does that happen? Because I put it there. Did you understand what I just said? I put it there. I put it there just a few minutes ago. I'm preaching and I put that there. That's how close he is. He's in your mouth. You don't know who Jesus is today. He's in your mouth. He's sitting there knocking on your heart. Why? Because I put it there. I'm talking about him. You can't say you don't know about Jesus now unless you just ain't been paying attention. And every time you talk to somebody about Jesus, you know what? You put him there. Every time you give your testimony, you're putting him there. You're putting Jesus out there. You're letting people know. And therefore, he is there. He's inside of our hearts. And all we got to do is believe with our heart and confess with our mouth. Invite him in that Jesus Christ is Lord. He will come in and he will save us. 
Did you, do you believe that this morning? You know, I met Jesus over here. July the 27th, 2003, somewhere around noon. At that point, I didn't care if they was chicken, grilled cheese sandwiches or nothing waiting for me to eat. I had a mission. I had something that I had to take care of because the Holy Ghost was just pulling on my heart. The prayers of my grandmother, I believe. Don't know for a fact and maybe other people. I have no idea. All I know, God was honoring some prayers. Wasn't from my mom and dad. They weren't saved. I had a meeting. I had to have a meeting with the Lord and we had it. And I ain't been the same since. Glory to God. It says here that whenever he, he called the place Bethel, but it used to be called Luz. Do you know what Luz means? Separation. It was a place of separation out in the desert. He was separated from God. Bethel, what does that mean? Anybody know? Bet is house, El is God. Elohim, remember El? Bethlehem, house of bread. Bet, Beth is house, house of God. And what did he do? He took that rock that he had as a pillar and he put it up as a pillar, a P-I-L-L-A-R, as a monument, as a monument to what was happening, what was said. He put it up there. Do you have that place? Let me tell you something about who Jesus is. If you have problems with what I tell you now, I hope you can get to know who Jesus is because I need to tell you, he loves me and he still loves me. It doesn't matter where you are or where you've been, what you've done. He loves you. And he wants to have that meeting with you. He wants to have that time with you. Do you got that place? Mine's right over there at that second set of steps in that other room where it's now where we eat at. Have some classes and have business meetings and such. But on that day, that was sacred ground. Right there where I was knelt down. I remember it. I don't reckon I'll ever forget it. Do you have that place where you met Jesus? You see, it don't matter where you was at. Folks, drink, smoke, chew, I've done it. I've been to the bars where the naked women are. You need to see Jesus because I ain't that guy no more. I ain't him no more. I don't go there no more because he don't go there. I viewed the pornography. I've been there. I've done that. You say, well, preacher, why are you putting it all out there? Because I want you to know who Jesus is. I don't care where you are, what your walk is, what's going on. Jesus can change you. God loves you. And he will spend the rest of your life, if you let him, he will spend the rest of your life bringing you in and growing you up. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, well, that's hard for his wife to sit here and hear that. She knows who Jesus is. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I've done things to human beings out of the ignorance of my own heart, out of anger in my own heart. 
I've done things that's been revengeful. I've done things because I was ordered to. And it's until recently that I've been able to get through some of that. All because Jesus said, I ain't giving up on you, man. I am still working on you. I called you back in 2003. I saved you. And since then, I have been working on you. I've been ripping this junk out of your heart that's trying to hold you back. And you want to give the testimony. Give the testimony. That's not who I am anymore. That's who Jesus is. He sets you free. And I know with all my heart that's what he does. Do you have that place? Your Bethel, where you and God met, do you have that place that you continually meet with him and let him work? We get caught up and tripped up with junk all the time, but God is sitting there saying, I love you so much. You are so precious. You're so precious, and I see where you can't see right now, but you're so precious, and I'm going to get you through it. If you don't know who Jesus is today, he knows who you are, and he loves you, and he wants to be a part of your life. You got something in your heart, son? You were Bobby. I don't care. Somebody, just do something. He loves you. I didn't used to be able to give some of the things in my testimony. I couldn't give it to you five years ago because I was afraid you'd run me off because I thought you thought I was supposed to be. You see, that's what happens when the devil gets in your head. You start thinking what everybody else is thinking. You already know what they're thinking. That's stinking thinking, right? And it just creates a divide. It creates all this going on. And God said, oh no, I want the truth to come into your heart. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the ladder. And he will send his angels to minister to us. He will take his word and minister to us. He'll see us through everything. Friends, your failures are not the end. God is love. And he loved Jacob. Not because of what he had done, but who he was going to make him. God loved Ken and still loves Ken, not because of what I had done, but what he could make me. And it's the same for every one of you sitting out here today. He loves you. He loves you. And it ain't about your ability. These guys can play music, man. What if this guy has a wreck or something and he has, loses an arm? He can't play music anymore. But he will have a testimony. This is a tool that God can use. But it ain't everything. He's got a testimony. He knows who Jesus is. And now we all got that. And that testimony is let those know who don't know Jesus come to him. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. Stand to your feet this morning, and I'm going to ask you. Put pride aside. If you've been hanging out in church and you've never really asked Jesus into your heart, come forward today and, let, and receive him.
I'm going to tell you the people sitting around you are not going to throw stones at you. The people sitting around you are going to join you in prayer and they will shower you with prayer. If you was following Jesus and you kind of stepped away and you you like, you know, I, and you just need to rededicate your life. That's what this message is this morning. It's a salvation message. It's the message that needs to be going out to this world, to this community. This is the message. This is who Jesus is. He don't care where you're at. He wants you. And he'll change you. Trust me, he will change you.